This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. Now, on with the show. Hi, this is comedian Christian Finnegan, and you are listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Andy Smith is still in the game. Stop, I don't travel as much as I used to because I, I you know, it's hard It's hard to put a three-year-old in a suitcase. But I'm still, yeah, it's still game on as far as I'm concerned. We'll hear more from Andy in just a bit. Nobody wants to talk to General Wesley Clark about the Mideast, probably because he's too smart. We also have the hottest record in the world from the vaccines. Stay tuned for that. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. Flavor Flav was arrested in Las Vegas last Thursday on allegations of driving under the influence, speeding, possessing less than an ounce of marijuana, and having an open container of alcohol. In the 2005 black BMW he was driving, authorities said the time at which he was arrested remains unclear. Taylor Swift and Calvin Harris are still going strong. The statuesque couple enjoyed a date night on Tuesday in New York City, going for pizza at Lasso Restaurant in Little Italy. Many speculate that the couple is still together because Swift is having difficulty finding a good hook for the impending breakup song. The buildup of Chinese naval power in the South China Sea and recent groundbreaking on two island lighthouses are elevating tensions between the U.S. and China over the disputed region, reports conservative news website Newsmax apparently frustrated with a lack of war in Iran. North Korea released new footage of what it claims is the triumphant liftoff of a submarine-launched ballistic missile. Two minutes of heavily edited footage uploaded to YouTube appeared on the page of North Korea's state-controlled media outlet. I wouldn't be able to, to try to pronounce this. Urminikurasi. On Wednesday, reported the South Korean news agency Yonhap, which is much easier to pronounce. Military experts in the U.S., though, became skeptical of the footage when a close-up of the submarine showed actors Richard Basehart and David Hedison observing the missile through binoculars. Former Senator Rick Santorum will once again seek the Republican presidential nomination. ABC News and the Associated Press reported last Wednesday. The former senator and House member announced his candidacy at an event in Butler County, Pennsylvania, near his boyhood home. Most experts agree that Santorum could easily win the 1916 presidential election. And finally, U.S. prosecutors have accused several officials from football's governing body, FIFA, of racketeering, fraud, and money laundering involving tens of millions of dollars over 24 years. Said one FBI official, they ran the organization like common Wall Street bankers. And that's been Fake News with me. So I was poking around the internet, uh, you know, looking for something to do for a dumb bit, and I came across this uh, interesting footage of General Wesley Clark. Now, General Wesley Clark, you may remember, ran for president a couple of years ago. Uh, he is a, a decorated Army veteran and general. And uh, I guess the controversy with him at the time he ran was he uh, was a Republican for most of his life, and then he became a Democrat, and people got really upset about that. And he explained, well, I would have been either a... Uh, a miserable Republican or a, uh, a, a happy Democrat. And because I guess he kind of is an, uh, an old uh, style Republican in that he believes in Republican uh, ideals and things like that, but not the crazy nonsense that today's Republicans believe. And he, he reminds me a lot of Dwight Eisenhower in that he does not like war. 
uh, you know, it is necessary sometimes. But he, like Eisenhower, I think is now maybe our most underrated president. The more I read about uh, Dwight. Uh, he's like that and that, you know, he knows war is awful and should be avoided. And, uh, well, anyway, this clip is of him uh, discussing the Middle East and a visit he had to the Pentagon back uh, in the days right after 9-11. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and, and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me and he said, sir, you got to... Come in. You got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, "Well, you're too busy." He said, "No, no." He says, "We've made the decision. We're going to war with Iraq." This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, "We're going to war with Iraq. Why?" He said, "I don't know." <laughs> he said, "I guess they don't know what else to do." So uh, I said, "Well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to Al Qaeda?" He said. No, no. He says there's nothing new that way. They've just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. And um, he said, I guess if, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. So I came back to see him a few weeks later. And by that time, we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. Now, the funny thing is, and this is from 2011, the funny thing is, is that now as we're wrapping up to a, a war with Iran, it seems that nobody ever asked General Clark about foreign policy or about war because what does General Clark know? All he knows is about running a successful military operation in Eastern Europe during the Kosovo-Bosnian wars, uh, which resulted in zero American casualties. <laughs> so he's boring. What would he know? No, better to ask people like this about the Middle East. Right. Taking breakout time from one to two months to two to four months in return for breaking the sanctions regime, that strikes me as a terrible deal. Of course, the Iranian regime is very happy with this regime. deal. And that would be uh, former Iraqi war cheerleader Bill Kristol talking about the Iran nuclear deal. And, of course, we should listen to that guy because he was so right about Iraq. And, of course, there's always this numbskull. We'd be much more effective today negotiating with the Iranians if we'd taken out that Syrian reactor seven years ago. Is military action against Iran inevitable? I have trouble seeing how we're going to achieve our objective uh, short of that. Darth Cheney with his two cents, and that's really about all it's worth uh, on Iran. And, of course, General Clark wraps up his uh, statements about the Middle East and uh, what he found out on that day at the Pentagon with this. The truth is about the Middle East is had there been no oil there, it would be like Africa. Nobody is threatening to intervene in Africa. The problem is the opposite. We keep asking for people to intervene and stop it. And there's, uh, there's no question that the presence of petroleum throughout the region has sparked great power involvement. Whether that was the specific motivation for the coup or not, I can't tell you, but, but there was definitely, there's always been this attitude that somehow we could intervene and use force in the region. Never see him on 
Fox News or CNN or any of these other shows or MSNBC where they're having military experts. No, it's all these disgraced people that were completely wrong about everything and not a smart guy like Wesley Clark. Look, if Wesley, Wesley Clark says, you know, maybe we should consider a threatening around of military action. I would, I would take notice of that because he knows what he's talking about and he's run a successful you know, uh, military campaign before. Reluctantly, we didn't want to go into Kosovo and finally the Clintons said, well, we, we've got to. There's just, we, we have to stop this. But anyway, that fact aside, if Wesley Clark says, you know, we should consider military action, okay. But people that were wrong about everything in Iraq are the last people that should be telling us anything about Iran. And I also thought it was kind of uh, noteworthy when Wesley Clark uh, was talking about Africa. It's funny how times have changed from the founding of the republic, because when Wesley Clark says this... Nobody is threatening to intervene in Africa. I thought, well, not anymore. Andy Smith is a stand-up comedian originally from Wisconsin, but she got her comedy start in St. Louis. She now lives back in Wisconsin, but also goes back to St. Louis. Kind of confusing. We had a great talk with Andy. It was in advance of the Crash and Burn show in Minneapolis, uh, which already happened, but we do discuss that because it's kind of a fun show, and uh, maybe you can catch it next time it's around. Here now is our conversation with Andy Smith. Okay, joining us on PF Tape Recorder, it's Andy Smith. Hi, Andy, how you doing? I'm doing fine. It is. Uh, it has been years since we spoke. In fact, the last time we spoke, uh, uh, you gave me a scoop that I wasn't allowed to tell anybody about, which of course was that uh, you were going to be a mom. Yeah, I became a mom. I have my daughter Goldie. She's almost three. Okay, that'd be about. So right, it's yeah. been a while. Yes. And uh, so, what is uh, what is new with you uh, since we haven't spoken in three years? I know I still, you know see about on the internet and stuff but well what is it new i moved into uh last summer i moved into a campground in the wisconsin dells um yeah i still have my house in st louis i had gone up to visit my mother and we were riding around on golf carts because that's what you do well sure when you live in a campground and they live there they have like a real house but they like to you know vacation and in campgrounds all summer okay. and we're driving around and she found out my mother found out that she had to go on dialysis so she's one of these people that's like oh fuck it i'll just enjoy my summer and die <laughs> and i was like whoa pump the brakes and <laughs> so i bought a trailer i bought a camper and i lived in a campground with my daughter all summer and then um at that point i worked from a laptop so Instead of just ditching them, we stayed around, and I am living with my parents, which is kind of like being deported. And, uh, yeah, I've sort of my, the comedy stuff, I don't travel as much as I used to because I, I, you know, it's hard, it's hard to put a three-year-old in a suitcase. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, But I'm still, yeah, it's still game on as far as I'm concerned, you know. Well, and then speaking of now, this the the reason we're speaking, of course, is uh, because of the crash and burn thing that uh, Slagle put together up there yeah. in Minneapolis. Now, how did you get involved in this? This is the fourth year for it, but this will be your first time doing it. How did Tim talk into this? Well, I I sort of uh, kind of through the grapevines, I heard that oh, you know, would, do you want to do it? They need a girl, you know. You always need a token girl, there don't you? Ya? Yeah. So I threw my name in the hat, and they said, yeah. And I actually, like, I'm scared, but that's good, 
it's sometimes good to throw your whole act away and try to come up with something new. And the only way to do it is to, I guess, yeah, is it, fail exactly. publicly. Now, for those who aren't in the know or those, I think we might have spoken this on the podcast uh, years ago when someone else was doing it, maybe mm-hmm. when, even when Tim was on. But The Crash and Burn is a show that Tim puts together in Minneapolis where he invites four comics to come on and do 20 minutes of absolutely brand new material. I think Jackie Cation might have talked to us about this, actually. Uh, a couple yeah. Of what did she? What year. did she say? Was she scared? She doesn't seem like she would be scared. She liked but it, I, but she said she kind of like. She says that you're kind of cheating at a game that doesn't exist. I think was her quote, where she says you just kind of have some things in mind uh, that you want to talk about, I guess. But then it's just you know from there, it's you know they, they, the rule is I guess the jokes can never have been told on stage before or anything. Yeah, like that. well, so, and that's the thing. Since I haven't been going out and doing it every week like I used to, it's kind of like any show that I do is pretty much a crash and burn. <laughs> There you go. But as Jimmy, so, as Jimmy Parler would say, to use his expression, you have funny in your bones. So Yeah? Yes. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. I will need it there. I think I've seen you twice. I saw you, I think, headline at Go Bananas once. And then I yeah. before that, I saw you feature, and I can't remember who you featured for. I know I took my brother-in-law because he's a big stand-up comedy fan. And we saw you. Oh. Was, God, who the, I don't remember who you even featured. See, I remember you. I remember who that, who that <laughs> was. So that should tell you something right there. Uh, yeah. yeah it's uh i yeah i love doing comedy i don't think i'll ever quit doing comedy but the whole mom comedy like when people say like oh lots of comics have kids yeah those, those comics are called men yeah. that's what they're called <laughs> yeah, right. and they have wives yeah but i wish i had a i wish i had a wife <laughs> there you go mm-hmm. um so um you still running rooftop then we are still doing that. Rooftop is doing some cool stuff. We uh, we kind of merged with Audible. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, and so oh, we're doing yeah. a lot of really cool spoken word stuff and some really oh, wow. big shows. We, you know, we're not on a, you know, we're not constricted like we were before, where it's like we have ten dollars. <laughs> what are we gonna do? <laughs> um, so it's been really cool. They're working on some really cool stuff, so I'm excited about it. I still work for them, but I don't run it. Oh, okay. I can't. No, that's for the smart people with uh, with uh, business degrees, and they can invent technology. I just I just do the graphic design when they need me to. And oh, I see. Okay. I write. I write. I write some things, but yeah. No, yeah, they're uh, they're moving and grooving. Yes, they are. I had uh, uh, one joke appear on there once a long time ago. Oh yeah, and it was well, wasn't even like my favorite joke. But of course, I'm just I'm an odd duck when it comes to that kind of stuff. I've discovered over the years. I am too. Yeah, I I tend to like things that other people don't think are funny. I'm like, okay. listen to this, this is hilarious. And then people look at me well, like, what? My my famous example that people have heard me tell over and over again on the podcast is you know Kelly Collette, right? She's a yeah comedian. Okay, mm-hmm. so she was up uh, one night and she did a joke. Uh, that she's, uh, I know what it's like, I'm probably going to uh, murder this, but it's the best I can remember. She says, I know what it's like t- uh, to uh, get up and put a tie on it and go to work. I used to work at Steak and Shake. And uh, it did okay. I laughed hysterically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And a couple months later on Facebook, she was talking about something. Oh, that reminds me of your Steak and Shake joke. She goes, Steak and Shake joke. And I reminded her of it. And she goes, oh, I'm going to try that again on stage. Bombed. So yeah. The lesson yeah. is, if I find it funny, take it out of your act. <laughs> yeah. I have those jokes too. I have those jokes that don't get a yeah. laugh, but I think they're funny. Yeah. So. Well, do you? I mean, some comedians have told me, and I can't remember who it was exactly, but they'll they have like a, a, a three strikes and it's out rule, and or uh, you know they'll they'll try the joke a couple times and if it doesn't work, they'll they'll throw it. And then I think it was 
might have been Lachlan Patterson. I don't I don't know for sure. Oh, I love Lachlan. Over and over wanted to do this one joke uh, about the kite runner. I, I don't think it was Lachlan, but it was somebody like that. And I wanted to do a kite runner joke <laughs> over and over again when that movie and book were out until someone finally laughed. That was his goal. And, yeah. Uh, don't know if yeah. So I, is, where, where do you fall? Do you, if the joke is funny to you, do you keep it in or what? Well, I'm sort of in the middle. I, I sort of have jokes that I put out there that only people who I would be friends with laugh. So okay. like if four people laugh, I feel like that's cool. That joke did with what it's supposed to do. Um, you know, you if you make a weird reference or, you know, if I have some line and I just like saying it, some things I just like saying. Oh, yeah, like yeah. For some reason right now, I really like telling my endometriosis joke, <laughs> only because it's a six-syllable word. Yeah. And not many people can, you know, I haven't heard many jokes I was that gonna include say. a six-syllable medical condition. Yeah, you're not going to have a lot of people coming up to you after the show saying, you know, I, I've heard a joke similar to that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see that happening. Yeah. So what, mm-hmm, what what other vehicles do you have for uh, your comedy apart from doing, you know, stand up and uh, and working on the the rooftop? Do you do you, any other kind of writing you've been doing or anything like that? Mm, I think I really, in terms of writing stuff, like I tend to, I don't know, it's more therapeutic than anything else. Just sort of like write about what happened, or uh, okay. um, if I get pissed, I, uh, I when I get mad, I tend to talk a lot. So I'll do like a voice recorder thing of me basically complaining, and sometimes that will turn into a joke. Oh, okay. Um, but my, yeah, I sometimes write backwards where I'll, I'll think of a funny um, punchline and then I'll try to find a way to get there. Oh, okay. So, hmm. uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I'm kind of all over the place. I don't, I'm not necessarily, like, some people are basically like novelists that do stand-up. I'm more of a, you know, I'll write something on the back of a receipt and then yeah. I'll find it two months later and say, oh, that's funny. I should write a joke about that. Ah, okay. So, uh, how so? How often are you getting to perform? I probably go uh, and do comedy about once a month. I used to do it a lot more when I was in St. Louis and we had the local clubs, but oh, right, right now right. I'm kind of in the middle of nowhere, so it takes a bit of effort. But I go out on the um, I go out and do like week long shows or, and stuff about once a month, which I find is really helped me actually. When I'm doing the same, when I was doing my act every single night, it's hard to. It's hard to stand back and look at it for oh, what yeah, it really yeah. is, because you're just get you're just sort of swept up and you're on autopilot. You're oh yeah, yeah. Saying, no, the, no, no, saying no. you know, kind of going through the motion sometimes, and you get really close to the material. But being off as much as I have, I don't even remember basically what I did on the last show. Oh, okay. so it's. I mean, I have like you know, you got your fallback bits. Everybody has their fallback bits. Sure. But it's nice to go up and just kind of spit out something that's why I, like, i'm excited about the crash and burn thing although that's the scary part is you can't use your safety nets right you can't use your backup it so if you start some long monologue about something nobody's laughing you just have to start another long monologue yeah <laughs> well i guess it would favor folks that have like shorter chunks versus uh you know, folks that longer have, story. Yeah, kind of, yeah. You know, and people go on Letterman all the time and say, "Well, you know, you want to kind of do." And they are looking for you know jokey jokes, as they say, versus stories. Because if you get into a story like you're saying, and you get stuck, or the audience isn't buying into it, then you're standing there for five minutes, and you know it's. Oh yeah, I, I think you know I learned that a lot just with the TV that I've done. Like the club version of a joke is tends to be twice as long as the TV version of the joke, and I think yeah. 
but in like in the club setting, I think you can have a lot of little jokes inside of a big joke. Oh yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, when you get to like for the TV stuff, it's just like they want minimal setup and then uh, and then their punchline. And even then, they don't like you sometimes can't even come back and tag it because the audience is paid to laugh, so they laugh too yeah. much the first one. Yeah. And you're like, you're not. That wasn't even the fun. Everybody, shut up. Well, that wasn't I, even the funny part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think the things, two things will be working for you in this is that this will be the fourth one of these. So the audience knows what time it is, as the, as the young mm-hmm. people say, or they used to say. Probably don't even yeah. remember. And, uh, and Minneapolis is a good <laughs> comedy <laughs> town, like Cincinnati. I love Minneapolis. Yeah, it's great comedy So town. yeah, so all three towns, you know, I, I, people will, will, even if they're new to the crash and burn thing, you know, once they realize what's what's going on, you know, and again, since you have the funny in your bones, you know, they'll, they'll wait for the, they'll be patient and, you know, they'll wait for the laugh. I yeah, think. well, I nice. hope so. Yeah. They're going to have to. So when's the last time you were in Cincinnati, by the way? Cincinnati, oh, it's been a while. It's been a couple of years since I've been in Cincinnati, actually. Yeah, you should come down and do the uh, brouhaha this summer. I would love to. The uh, I was just in Indianapolis um, and I thought about, yeah, I miss oh, Go Bananas. Okay. That's one of my, that's, yeah, that's a my top three clubs. There you I go. I love that club. That's everybody's. Now, you were in Indianapolis. Where'd you play? I was at the Downtown Crackers Comedy Club. Okay. Um, which I love the Downtown Club. Yeah. Uh, my friend Big Jim Lugers is uh, a comedian out of Indianapolis. He's from here. Ah. Yes, but he uh, is, uh, he started doing comedy. We did started doing it a little bit here, moved there, and then mm-hmm. went kind of full bore at it starting a couple years ago, and uh, he's doing quite well. Yeah, I get to do some, because I kind of have to stay local for the most part here and there. Like, I can go do a week once in a while, but I tend to take weird gigs now around Wisconsin. Such as? Uh, Like, I just did a a biker club. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, there was like 300 bikers in there, and I'm, of course, dressed like me, and (laughs) uh, I'm like, hi, and uh, I'm Andy, and then... uh, I was like, I'm just going to go smoke a cigarette because I was kind of intimidated. Like, everyone's wearing leather vests, you know? Yep. And uh, so they put me in. They're like, oh, well, you can go in this back room and smoke a cigarette. And I was like, how scary is the back room? Is it just kind of scary or, like, super scary? How scary is it? <laughs> and they're like, it's just kind of scary. And I'm like, oh, all right then. So I go back in there. And there's it's just, like, this big room with old couches and shit in there and there's like four bikers sitting around this kitchen table like thing yeah uh and they're all smoking pot and one of them's like they said they were talking about how much they liked gummy bears hmm. like one of them was like yeah gummy bears are really good and then they'd pass this bowl around and be like yeah those things those things are awesome man and that's when i knew like this is everything is gonna be fine <laughs> well they like gummy right. bears yeah how dangerous can it be yeah that's funny. So, so you, well, you're but it was close, a really good time. You're pretty close to like Milwaukee and Minneapolis and Chicago, sort of. Absolutely, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of right in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's, I'm in Janesville, Wisconsin, which is like right by Madison, right by Chicago. Okay, it's kind yeah, of like yeah. a, a little midpoint between Madison and Chicago. Okay, that's cool. And do you um, make it back to St. Louis very often? You say you still have your house there. Everyone, yeah, I still have my house there. So every once in a while, I go, I go down there. I have someone like living there and taking care of it, so it's still technically my house. So you're like subletting it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, uh, yeah. sort of like a half. It's like a, it's like I have a roommate, but I'm never there. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So um, the 
So I go down there every once in a while. Like, I have to go down there to get my stupid taxes. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you're still your residence. Yeah. Right? Oh, so yeah, I have yeah. to go down there and get all those my paperwork that I left there, which is such a pain. I had to file an extension today because I'm lazy. Oh, yikes. i got to put it did you, in the mail. Did you file an extension? No, we owe, them in? we owe uh, the feds, I think, uh, on mine because of all my freelance income. So we have to drop. Oh, don't you hate that? So we're going to be one of these idiots that uh, you know. That we go. We're going to go like tomorrow night and drop it off at that you know the big line because my wife and I always watch that on the news every year and think this is a story every single year. So they always yeah. know that someone's mm-hmm. gonna always have one idiot from the news standing out there at the post office. It's like yeah, yeah. we know, we know. It's been thirty, forty years now. We get it. <laughs> yeah. People are driving uh-huh. up last minute to drop off the envelope. We know. Yes, yes, we get it. That's what happens. When I was in St. Louis, they were very. St. Louis is very weird when it comes to weather. It's like they think they're California. They don't realize that they have four seasons they have to deal with. Oh, it's the same so thing. Like if, yeah. Yeah. They, they can't handle it. So the news will cover, like, when it snows. They'll break into the programming and be like, it's snowing. The grass is almost covered. Yeah. Well, they're used to snow here, even though we're, like, on the same latitude. But if you go directly west from Cincinnati, you'll go right into St. Louis. So we're at the same yeah. level. But yeah. um, my daughter's school, they built in the in the late 50s, early 60s, and it's what's called a California design, and it's like a couple of separate buildings with just these covered walkways over them, but they're not covered on the side. And they're like, didn't anybody realize it was going to snow <laughs> after the... Yeah, and, yeah, uh, it's amazing. And the answer people would be are right. ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we're hoping it was going to be California, but you know. Uh, yeah, wish all you want. Me too, yeah. Wish so, all you want. I don't remember you a sports fan at all? Excited about the Blues? I hate sports. No, I, ha- I can't, no, I... I uh, my my ex used to collect baseball cards, so yeah, he's thirty five years old, <laughs> and he collects baseball cards. Yeah, I have a whole. Uh, well, I can't do it on crash and burn, so I'll just uh, I'll do that bit now. All right, brilliant. Uh, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> he would walk up. He would have to show me. Every, so every day of my life, it would be like, look, Andy, look, look, look. This guy, this one, this guy. This one's worth three hundred dollars. It's like, well, then what do you? Why don't you fucking? What is it still doing here? <laughs> and I get it. Every piece of cardboard's different. I get it. You don't need to tell me a story about every single one of them. And it's to the point where I can't even watch baseball. Like I can't. Like this isn't part of the bit or anything. But right, I, right. it literally it makes me fall asleep. It's like having a half a half a beer. I just like I fall asleep. <laughs> it's the wor- It's the most boring. It's not even a real sport. It's and people get mad at me, but I don't care. Like Prince Fielder is not an athlete. He's a fat guy. Yeah, well, he, he's just yeah. He says he's a vegan. I'm pretty sure he's eating other baseball players. <laughs> he is gets winded just swinging a bat. My the only thing my my family is into is like Packer football, which you have to be. Oh yeah, Packer yeah. football. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much the only sporting event that I'll watch as a Packer game. Other than that, it's just tell me who won. Why would I sit through? You know how long they take? Do you know what I can do? I have a three year old. Two hours is like having that's, oh, like yeah. a, that's like a three-day weekend. That's like spring break. If somebody <laughs> said you had two hours, you can do whatever you want. It's like spring break. Yeah, well, I do end up doing a lot of stuff while a game is on because I feel guilty that I'm sitting there just, you know, watching a game. So uh, you write something. Well, like, you're one like of you. It or... seems like my father can sit there, watch an entire sporting event, and then change the channel and watch an entire Western. <laughs> 
I thought, well, then with movies, I get guilty. I go, maybe I should be doing something else while I'm making. Maybe I should be folding laundry or doing something yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have? Are you? Do you have children? Yes. See, that's why you're like that. Yeah. That's, that's true. why you're like that. If you never had kids, you'd be just like all the other dudes. That's yeah. That's probably it. Yeah. Yeah. And my, it's like my, I'm just gonna take a nap. Well, my one daughter, my youngest, uh, she is become a, a Browns fan, so she always, you know, she ordered all this Brown stuff to wear. She has Browns earrings and stuff like that, and I'm like, you're in for years and years of anguish. You should have re- reconsidered this. And <laughs> yeah, this is a bad a, decision on your part. Chosen a different team, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to get her out of that. You don't want her uh, always rooting for the underdog. I, you know? yeah, I think it's then she'll, she'll, she won't marry well. Yeah, that's true. You know what? It's, it's funny you say that. Tammy Pascatelli told me one time, she's from Cleveland as I am, she said that's probably the reason we all get involved in all these uh, bad relationships is because we're all Browns, Indians, and Cavs fans. And like, we're all, we get, no matter how well you think things are going, you always get let down at the last minute. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think about that. I think about that too with like living in a, in a snowy state like Wisconsin. It's like maybe that's why I'm okay with having an abusive relationship. Like I'm totally fine. With if you're cool, if you're really awesome for about three months out of the year, <laughs> the rest of the year you can try and kill me and fuck up my car. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with that. Uh, now, come summertime, it gets pretty crowded up there, doesn't it? Isn't it a, like a popular place for for, for folks? Oh yeah, Wisconsin's awesome in the summertime. That's what I'm saying. Like Wisconsin, that's the only reason I think why people still live here is it's so awesome in the summertime because we have all the lakes and. Like, I thought people who lived in a campground during the summer were stupid, and now I'm like, these people have everything figured out. Oh, yeah. These people are geniuses. <laughs> You're living uh, Yeah, you just drive around on golf carts and go to bars, and it's like, right, like, you can get in your car and go wherever. Like, there's, you can wear pajamas all day. Wow. You can, yeah, you can do whatever you want in a campground, pretty much. Th- that is the dream. It really is. And sometimes when it rains, I'm in kind of like a floodplain. So I feel like I have a lake house. <laughs> Has the water ever come up that far and uh, and threatened your your? Uh... No, not to that point. But it does. You know, I get a couple inches in the lawn every once in a while. Oh, you know, so... it'll cover up the grass, and I'll be like, "Look at that! Look at that! I have a lake house. I'm rich." <laughs> That's what I say to myself. There you go. Well, you've got it all figured out. It sounds like, ma'am. Not really. <laughs> I just say that to make me feel better. Uh, okay. Well, um, good luck to you up in Minneapolis. Uh, again, hope we, you can work it out so you can be down here in Cincinnati sometime. Um, I would love to tell everyone I said hello. I will. We'll, uh, we'll, I'll put a bug in Kurtz's ear and see if we can get you down here for Brewhawks. I think everybody would love to see you. I would love to see them. And there you go. All right. And I'll well, have 20 new minutes of material. <laughs> at least. <laughs> yeah. All, All right. right. Well, perfect. Well, good talking to you, Andy. Thanks a lot. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again to Andy Smith for being on the show. Andy does not have any dates scheduled in the near future. However, if you go to her website, Ishouldgooutmore.com, you'd think it'd be andysmith.com, but it's not. Igoutmore.com, uh, she posts her dates there, so as soon as she has them, she will put them there, and then you can go see where she's going to be, and you can go check her out. She says she gets out about once a month or so. She also has a CD you can get in iTunes called Home Perm. Just go to iTunes and search Home Perm or Andy Smith. Andy is spelled with an I as in A-N. All right, so let me see uh, a couple things to get to. Of course, the usual credits, uh, original music composed and performed by uh, Doug, uh, I did it again, John Vropolis and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. 
Uh, let me see what else. Uh, oh, uh, PF tape recorder logo designed by Dan Coble. We are working on getting T-shirts. If anybody is interested, I don't. I don't know if anybody is, but uh, they will be available via the Home Shirts uh, website. Oh, and by the way, go to homeshirts.com for all your vintage T-shirts need. Remember, it isn't just the cities of Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Milwaukee, and St. Louis. No, we have uh, vintage apparel uh, with national brands as well that operated in those cities, like National Record Mart and May Company, and uh, you know regional and national chains like that. Also. If you buy from the Cleveland store, basically we make a couple of bucks, so you're supporting the show that way. If you order from the defunct league page, uh, we also make a couple of bucks that way uh, from most of the shirts you buy off that site. It's kind of complicated, but that's how you can support the show and look good doing it. All right. Use the code PFTR. Get yourself 10% off of your order. How about that? Okay. So let me see. Uh, we're up to the hottest record in the world now. It's from the Vaccines. Their new album is out in America, and uh, it has the confusing title of English Graffiti. I say confusing because... OMD had an album called English Electric a couple of years ago, and then the Patch Up Boy, the Patch Up Boys had an album called Electric, and now the uh, the Vaccines have an ac- an album called English Graffiti. So I'm just getting all confused, but it's a uh, it's a great album. It already has produced one hit single called Handsome, which was the hottest single in the world a, a couple of weeks ago. But the album has dropped in its entirety. You can pick it up all the all the great places that you uh, get your music from. And we're going to play the hottest record in the world. It's the second single from English Graffiti. The song is Handsome on PF's tape recorder. The, I'm sorry, the song is not Handsome. The song is Dream Lover. Handsome was the previous single. The hottest record in the world is Dream Lover from the Vaccine. So long and thanks for listening. Imagine or on another planet. I-